Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different than previous episodes. It's going to be a little bit more story style, not so much how-to or tips or anything like that. As you can tell from the title of the episode, this one's going to be all about baby fevers, starting to feel like you want to start a family. And I know that's not exactly wedding related, but for a lot of people, uh, babies are, you know, pretty close to the same period of time as, you know, planning a wedding starting uh, your marriage, buying a house, starting a family, like all of that is sort of around the same time. Of course, not everyone, lots of people get married. Um, They already have their kids or they don't want kids for 10 or 20 years or they don't want kids ever. So um, not an episode for everyone, but I thought it would be cool just to get on here and chat a little bit about my um, (laughs) journey into baby fever or just like where I'm at with the whole baby thing as a oh God, am I a late 20-something woman in North America? And maybe that's you or, you know, you're similar. And hopefully there's something in this episode that makes you feel not so alone and that you can relate to and know that there is someone else out there, probably a lot of someone's out there going through the same thing, feeling the same feels that you are, you know, thinking the same thoughts. So yeah, here we go. Okay. So my history with this whole thing, I was never one of those people who was like, oh my God, I'm going to get married. I'm going to wear the big white dress. You know, my husband's going to be tall, dark, and handsome. We're going to buy the house, the white picket fence and have two and a half kids and two dogs and blah, blah, blah. Like that was never my thing. I was never super gung-ho about kids. I wasn't, you know, adamantly against them either. I kind of figured like I, I would have a kid or two kids down the line, but it was, wasn't a big 
part of my life. Like I remember meeting people in university who were like, oh my gosh, like, oh, of course I'm going to get married. Of course I'm going to be a mother. And I was like, how do you know? <laughs> like, like you're not even dating anyone. How do you know you want to get married and be a mother? Like that was so foreign to me at 18 years old. And now at 28, it's still a little weird to me, but um, I'm definitely starting to get a bit more on board and feeling like I am almost ready to, <laughs> to have a baby. Like I'm almost ready to say I want a baby. I'm kind of like right on the precipice, which I, you know, I thought was a cool time to kind of record this episode and put these thoughts out there. I remember having a conversation with my partner about four years ago. And um, that was kind of the first time we talked about kids and marriage in really like concrete terms. Um, you know, we, we dance around the subject before then, um, but sort of laid all our cards out there. And he he said the sweetest thing to me. He said, you know, at this point, like I'm more invested in our relationship than I am in, you know, potentially being a dad. So if you didn't want kids, like that's fine with me. I'd rather be with you than, you know, someone else and have the chance of kids. And oh, that just, you know, melted my heart. Um, but yeah, we were both kind of on the same page of like, hey, you know, maybe kids, maybe not kids. And it was kind of a cool conversation to have because at that point, I think we had just bought our house. Um, and it was kind of like, whoa, we could be done. Like if we decide no marriage, no kids, like this could be it. You know, we found each other, we bought the house, we could be, you know, checking off all of the <laughs> adulthood, um, you know, check boxes or whatever. Uh, but of course, as you can tell from this podcast, um, we are going to get married and we are going to have children. So we, we've got some more things to do. Um, over the years, you know, since that first conversation, we started to think a little bit more about kids. We started to talk, you know, whenever we'd sort of sit down and talk future timelines, talking about wedding and children and trips and things like that. Um, kids were always kind of part of that conversation. And we sort of, we never said, you know, okay, like it's time, but sort of just, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, that's something we'd want to do. You know, maybe after a year or two of marriage, maybe around the time we're 30, 31, um, and then, you know, as time goes on, we're creeping up closer to, <laughs> to 30. We, you know, started talking a little bit more seriously about, okay, you know, how many, how many kids would we want? And, you, you know, just regular life chats, both sort of agreeing that like, hey, you know, we're comfortable with, with one, which I know a lot of people are like, hey, you know, how do you decide you only want one? And of course, I could take all this back. We could have the first one. They could be an angel. And we decide like, oh, that's the best thing ever. Let's have eight more. <laughs> um, but right now we're thinking just one. And for us, that's, you know, it partially it's a practical thing. It is way cheaper to have one child instead of two or three or four or five. Um, my partner is really adamant that kids should have their own rooms. So if we had one kid, we only have to move into a two bedroom place. Whereas if we had two or three kids, you know, then we need three, four, five bedrooms down the line. We both really love the idea of living downtown in our city, in an area where we can walk to shops and restaurants and parks and schools and the beach. <laughs> um, pretty amazing. My partner can walk to work. He works at a hospital. We really love this sort of downtown living and having everything at our fingertips. And I grew up uh, downtown in a big city. And I actually think it was really cool way to grow up. Um, uh, to be fair, I never learned to ride a bike. So I guess I missed out on that part of childhood. My parents tried it just it's hard to learn to ride a bike in a downtown uh, city when you live in an apartment. Um, but besides that, I thought it was really cool. You know, I grew up like eating, um, you know, in Chinatown every day and seeing, I don't know, going to art galleries and um, learning about 
I don't know, the club district, which, you know, just, you know, street smarts, taking the subway at 12, you know, things like that. Um, and I know it's a very different type of childhood than people who grew up in the suburbs and the whole like, oh, you know, we'll leave the porch light on, we'll call you when dinner's ready. Like it was very different than that, but I really loved that upbringing. And I think it um, really helped me be more of a global person with a really like progressive mindset, really liberal, super open to, you know, traveling and being independent and learning about other cultures and other people. And, and I would love that for my child. I would really love them to be able to um, live in a place and go to a school that is not, you know, 90% white kids who get there by minivan <laughs> with a lunch packed by the stay-at-home mom. Um, I, I want more more diversity for them. I want them to see more and know that there is more to life out there. And I think living downtown is a great way to do that, which is, again, why we would be more interested in having just one kid, because obviously living downtown, you know, it's a bit smaller and obviously it's more expensive. So being able to live in a two bedroom or, you know, maybe two bedrooms in a den or three bedrooms is preferable to us than having to go out into the suburbs to buy a really big house. Another reason is both my partner and I pretty much grew up as only children. We both have um, step and half siblings, but there are huge age gaps uh, between us and our siblings. So both of us grew up kind of as only children. And for me, I won't speak for my partner, but I loved it. I had no problem um, not having siblings close in age. Again, I think it made me really independent, uh, really creative. I think I was very mature, um, learned to entertain myself, you know, played with my own toys, was really into drawing and writing. And my parents put me in, you know, tons of programs, made friends there. I also became really close friends with uh, the people I went to school with, so much to the point that, you know, people I met when I was three, I was in their weddings, you know, things like that. So making these really, really close bonds and being able to hang out with, um, you know, those school friends and cousins as if they were siblings, you know, seeing them every week, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I hear a lot when people say, oh, you're only going to have one, your kid's going to be so lonely or you know you're gonna have to entertain them all the time I don't think that's true like I think every parent makes their own decisions every kid is different I was an only child I can guarantee you my parents did not have to entertain me every minute I <laughs> they did not spend you know their entire day on the floor playing with me I'm sure they did spend some time doing that but it wasn't a situation where like oh they couldn't get any work done because they had to play with me um and I wasn't bored or lonely or anything like that so um, just my little soapbox rant for why we are thinking one child right now, and maybe I'll listen to this in five years and we'll have, you know, two or three kids and life will be totally different, but that's sort of where we're at at the moment. So we're sort of thinking, you know, we want to have a kid around age 30 and we're sort of thinking just one, but again, all of this is just up in the air. Uh, you know, we don't have anything concrete, nothing set in stone. We could have kids earlier, could have kids later. We could have more than one. Um, we Maybe we don't even have one, right? Who knows? We haven't really started that process, but that is where we are currently at. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So since we started having those conversations about, you know, approximate time, we'd want to start having kids, how many kids, I kind of put it on the back burner and just figured like, hey, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not super <laughs> in the mood, I guess, to have kids. You know, you always hear from probably terrible old TV shows that like, oh, the woman's going to get baby fever. She's going to start feeling her biological clock ticking. And I just wasn't really at that point when we were first having these conversations, you know, two, three years ago. I was just like, okay, cool. You know, we'll get to it when we get to it. There's there's nothing we need to do. Just, you know, we're both on the same page, which was great. If we had sort of wanted drastically different things, that would have been an issue. But we were both on the same page. So I kind of just let it be. Um, but in the last probably six months, maybe, I've definitely been starting to feel that baby fever creeping in a little bit more. I don't think I've quite um, got the fear of the biological clock ticking. As I shared, I'm 28 years old. So I'm not super, super worried that I'm like missing my window or anything like that. Um, again, if we only want the one kid, I think I've got lots of time before I have to get uh, concerned about, you know, needing any any help. Again, who knows, knock wood, hopefully that things will be easy for us. Um, but I definitely have started to think about kids more often. And actually one of the um, one of the ways I noticed this switch was usually when I am out walking my dog, I notice other dogs, um, you know, oh, or even, you know, we're going to the grocery store, I'll notice other dogs. I'll be like, oh, that dog's so cute. Oh, do you see that dog over there? The big ears. Oh, that one's wearing a sweater. But now when we're out, I'm still noticing dogs. Don't get me wrong. Dogs are the best. Uh, but I'm starting to notice strollers and babies. <laughs> and I'm like looking over and being like, oh, that's a really cool stroller. Oh, I wonder how old that kid is. Oh, look at that cute rain jacket they're wearing or something like that. So it's sort of funny. I can't point to a specific moment when things change, but I've noticed when I'm out on walks now that I'm really observant of, you know, babies in our neighborhood, which is so funny. Um, so maybe if that's something you're also starting to notice, that could be a sign that baby fever is creeping in. And for me, I'm not really sure if this is something like maybe it's been spurred by the pandemic, just the fact that we've been sitting still for almost a year now, if you're listening to this in real time, you know, trapped at home, there's not a lot going on. I am a big traveler. That's usually my thing. So it is real painful for me to be sitting at home, not traveling, not having a trip on the books. I, you know, I already worked from home. So it really just feels like I am stuck in this house. I'm sure I don't need to <laughs> Uh, explain to you what it feels like to be stuck. I'm sure you're feeling the exact same way uh, during all of this lovely lockdown pandemic stuff. Um, but I think that's probably one of the reasons why this baby fever has sort of crept in. It's just been something to sort of consume me and give me um, a bit of a research project. I love, I love research projects. I love learning new things, making spreadsheets, watching videos, reading blogs. I've gotten super into that learning all like I watched like a 30 minute video reviewing travel strollers, which is absurd because <laughs> I'm not even trying to get pregnant yet, but I know all about the latest travel strollers and the different features. And I just love that sort of learning. And because, you know, this whole baby world is so brand new to me, um, not to mention everything to do with fertility and pregnancy and then infants and babies and new toddlers and kids, like there's so, so much to learn, which is really awesome for me in these pandemic times when I am bored and sitting at home, I can Google anything, jump on any blog, watch any video on YouTube. And there's just so much information out there, which is really, really awesome. And that's usually the first thing I do when I'm planning a trip, or if I want to, you know, start writing something or working on something new, I just jump headfirst into the research, learn as much as I can take notes. Um, and that's definitely been 
a huge part of my pandemic life doing all that research. Another part of it is my partner and I really want to do a trip with our baby during um, the like paternity maternity leave time where we are uh, we'll get probably about a year um, off partially paid. So we would really love to take our baby and do a trip. And I know that is might sound uh, kind of crazy, but I promise people do it. And a lot of people say it's actually really easy to travel with an infant. They just sleep the whole time. You just sort of strap them to your chest. So, uh, you know, once we sort of settled into parenthood and got our baby all the vaccines that they need, our plan is to sort of take off for a good five, six months and and travel as a little family and i am so excited for that that's like a huge big trip i'm really really looking forward to so i've been doing tons of research into that where we could go you know the best travel cribs and and things like that um it's been it's been really fun so i've been you know headfirst into the research and the other aspect of that was that you know i really wanted my partner to get on board obviously i want us both to be um equally excited and enthusiastic about uh having a kid when the time comes so part of that is just in our day-to-day -day conversation we've both been talking about um babies more often and it's funny to watch how things kind of progress. You know, we used to talk before, oh yeah, you know, if we have a kid or, or if I have a kid and now it's like when we have a kid and probably every day, you know, we're bringing up this hypothetical kid, I don't know, probably five times a day. Um, and sometimes it's just joking, you know, we'll, we'll say, we'll see a funny word and we'll say, oh, we should name the baby that or something like that. You know, our dog will do something funny and we'll relate that to a baby. Um, but it's kind of cool to like, just have that, word in the ethos like it's not taboo in our household to talk about a baby and that was really important to me i didn't want this to be some like secret shame project um you know they always make that horrible joke about women before they get engaged having like secret pinterest boards with all of their wedding planning on it and then as soon as they get the ring they can finally like reveal their pinterest boards and their binders and their spreadsheets and their posters um and i really didn't want that to be the thing with the baby i didn't want it to be this secret project that i was you know hiding from my partner and that I was like getting all obsessed and learning about babies and he was like totally on a different page. I really wanted it to be something that we were both excited about. Um, I'm not expecting him to get as into the research as me because that would be absurd. I'm, I'm on a new level, but I did want it to be something we were both, you know, comfortable with and hopefully, um, you know, both excited and eventually we will be on the same page in terms of like when we want to start trying and things like that. So one way I'm doing that is uh, every, almost every day, I'm asking my partner to watch a baby video with me on YouTube. And you can literally just type in anything in YouTube, like, you know, newborn essentials or birth video or, you know, how to diaper a baby, whatever it is. And I chatted with him ahead of time and I said, hey, you know, I'm finding these videos super informative. Um, and I don't want it to be a situation where I watch all the videos, I read all the blogs and the books, and you think I have all the answers because I don't, you know, I only happen to know what Susan on YouTube did with her baby. It's not like I know babies and I know the right answer. And I really didn't want my partner to feel like, like he was already behind in parenthood. Like I didn't want him to think that because I happened to watch two or three videos I now knew everything about babies and he was behind and he has to defer to me um, because I know all the right answers. I also didn't want him to feel left behind. Like I was off doing this thing by myself and just like forcing him to get into it. So I asked him sort of straight up. I said, Hey, I'm watching these videos. I'm finding them really informative. Would you like to watch a video with me? Um, you know, maybe we can make it a habit. We watch one a day or, you know, one every other day or something like that, just to learn a bit more, like whatever part of 
babies or pregnancy or kids or whatever we're interested in, we can just type that in, watch a quick 10 minute video and then, you know, carry on with our day. And he was like, yeah, that sounds good. And it was so cool to like sit down and watch with him. I love um, seeing his reactions to things, you know, things he's he's never heard of before. The idea of the umbilical cord um, stump, like staying on the baby for multiple weeks really freaked him out. Um, and just, you know, seeing what topics he's interested in. So if you are kind of in the same stage, if you've been nodding along throughout this podcast, I uh, highly suggest that as, as a way to sort of get into this whole baby research place uh, with your partner, like get on the same page, enjoy this process together. Don't, you know, trick them into watching it, but just just do what I did and, and straight up ask them like, hey, you know, I'm going to be watching these videos. I, I don't want you to think that I'm the expert because I happen to watch them, but would you be interested? Um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big thing. You don't have to sit down and watch like three hours worth of videos, but eh, a quick five, 10 minute video every now and then it's great. It's really, um, it's a cool way to sort of get the baby topic more out in the open, um, open up more conversations, more interest. I think it is really cool and I highly suggest it. So another reason why I think I've been a little bit more gung-ho with this whole um, baby fever, baby planning, baby research thing is that I am not feeling so enthusiastic about my wedding anymore. And that's probably a huge cardinal sin of a wedding podcaster to admit, but it's true. At this point, um, my partner and I are really kind of up in the air. We had sort of been hoping for a uh, fall 2021 wedding, but just with um, the way the vaccines are currently delayed and there's, you know, new strains of COVID, we have no idea. And it's sort of gotten to the point where we would hate if we pushed it out to fall 2021 and things still weren't okay. And we still couldn't have our group, you know, with us comfortably. And we waited all that time. Whereas, you know, we, I'm personally, you know, happy to do a really small elopement with just two or three people, which we could do now. But I totally understand, you know, his point of view. He wants us to have a slightly larger group. We still only want about 20, 25 people at the wedding. He wants us to be able to, you know, hug them and stand next to them for photos and everyone to be in the same space and, and feel comfortable and sort of have it as like a, oh my gosh, we made it through. Lockdown is over. We're all vaccinated. Let's, you know, celebrate the end of this thing with a wedding, which I love. I love that idea. I'm just nervous that, you know, the time frame we're looking at might not be realistic. Um, we don't have a firm date. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to be, like I said, super casual, just, you know, maybe 20, 25 people. We're hoping to have it at a family member's house. So I think because it is still up in the air, we don't have that firm date and it's going to be super casual, you know, whatever, whenever we do get to do it. Um, I'm just not as like, jazzed about the planning. And that doesn't mean I'm not jazzed about the wedding. I am very excited to marry my partner. I'm super excited for our marriage. I know the day is going to be beautiful, whether it is tomorrow or fall or next spring or next fall, you know, whenever it is, it's going to be great. Whoever is there is going to be amazing. <laughs> and the whole you know, point of the wedding, the actual marriage is going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. But the actual planning part of it is just kind of like a letdown at this point, to be honest. Um, just, I think because it's so casual and because we don't have a firm date, there's just not much I can do at this point. So instead of putting my energy into wedding planning, which I know a lot of people are doing during this pandemic, I feel like I've been putting it more into baby planning, doing all of this baby research, because that just feels like a much like meteor uh, topic for me. There's so much more for me to learn and think about and plan. Whereas the wedding, I kind of get stalled right away because I don't have that date. Um, you know, I can't invite people yet. I don't know 
anything really. It, it's, and it's going to be so small. I don't like, I'm not planning to have a florist or anything like that. So there's just not a ton I can do with that, which I think is one of the reasons why I am a little bit more gung ho about the baby thing than the wedding thing, which again, I should not be admitting as someone who puts out a weekly wedding podcast, promise the podcast will still be more wedding related than baby related and um, <laughs> will hopefully still be applicable. But uh, maybe this actually helps. Maybe if you are also not feeling super jazzed about your wedding planning, it's helpful to know that there is another, uh, you know, bride to be out there who feels the same way. So now I'm kind of moving into the thought of like, are we actually ready for kids? And if you ask anyone out there, oh, how do you know if you're ready? The answer is always, you don't know. <laughs> like you're never really ready. You can read all the books, take all the classes, babysit all you want. It's still totally different when it's your kid and you're going through it and there's nothing you can do to be 100% prepared and ready. And I am fine with that. <laughs> I accept it. Um, but for me doing this sort of like pre-research, arming myself with knowledge, just knowing like the different options out there. There are so many things while I've been researching them, like, huh, I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't know that was a thing. There's so many, you know, options to, to do things how you want to like advocate for yourself, whether that's in pregnancy or birth or how you raise your kids or whatever. So for me, I'm finding that really um, is helping me. I don't want to say it's helping me get ready, but it's, it's sort of, it's making me feel a bit more prepared having that knowledge and just seeing how other people are doing things. Um, in terms of like finances, I think we'll be okay. We, we do have some savings. Um, it wouldn't be like a huge blow to us if we had to start paying for a baby. And the nice thing about a baby is, you know, of course kids are expensive, but they're not expensive all at once. It's not like they hand you the baby and they're like, okay, we now need a hundred thousand dollars for the first however many years of life. Um, you know, the expenses grow over time. So you, you know, you pay a little bit more each month, but it's not like a huge lump sum. Luckily, um, I live in a place with free healthcare, so I don't need to pay for, uh, you know, delivery or anything like that, which is really nice. In terms of emotional readiness, I think so. <laughs> That's like a really, it's a really hard one to tell, right? Like, are you emotionally ready to be a parent? It sounds terrifying. <laughs> it sounds like, could I be someone's mother? Ah, I don't know. I, th I think, I hope I'm getting there. Um, there's a lot of places in my life where I'm like, well, would a mother watch, you know, six hours of say us to the dress back to back and do no work on a, on a Monday? <laughs> probably. There's probably lots of moms out there who do that. Um, I think for me, it's let, it's more about like, I just got to like take down this barrier of what I think a mother or a parent is supposed to be and just embrace that like motherhood, parenthood can be whatever I want it to be, whatever I need it to look like. And it's okay that I don't have all of my eggs in a line or whatever that phrase actually is. Um, and that that's fine. I can still be a great mom and a great parent and a great partner and a great wife and all those other things, even if, you know, my whatever, some aspect of my life is a big mess. Um, in terms of, you know, my partner and I, we're sort of at the point where we are, you know, talking about the timeline and in a way where we can see the um the time when we want to start trying for a baby it's like on the horizon we can see it on the calendar we kind of know when we want to get a little bit more serious about it um and for me i really want it to be you know a fun time and i, I don't mean that as you know an innuendo of course um well hopefully <laughs> making the baby is fun uh, but i don't want it to be stressful i want us to be you know really relaxed and enjoying it and i don't want our life to be run by spreadsheets and thermometers and tracking ovulation and things like that and i know myself i am like i said really into the research into the projects 
and I probably will get pretty type A about it. How's my spreadsheets going? But I don't want that to, you know, consume our relationship. I, I want to accept that I will probably be someone who tries to track things, um, but not let that get in the way of just the rest of our life. I don't want it to feel like, you know, we're on a schedule or anything like that. And that however long it does take us to get pregnant, you know, that's a really just ugly time for our relationship. I don't want that at all. Um, I would love us to be able to, you know, everyone's kind of got that checklist of like things you want to do before a baby. I'd love us to be able to check some more things off. Unfortunately, I think most of the things on my list are travel related. And just given the current pandemic and restrictions, we're probably not going to be able to spend like a month in India or, you know, a month in New Zealand <laughs> before, <laughs> before we really get to, um, you know, baby time, which is unfortunate. But um, yeah, I kind of think that's just where we're at with the world, unfortunately, COVID has sort of, you know, I don't want to say it's robbed us of time, but it really has, right? Like it's for, for so many things like weddings and babies and starting school and moving and buying houses and, and things like that. You know, it really has a lot of people have had to push back their whole lives by a year for travel, of course, huge one. Um, you know, you, you can't, you can't do those things right now. You can't have a big wedding. You can't go traveling. You can't, uh, well, I guess you could buy a house, but you know, maybe it's not uh, not the right time for you to be moving to a brand new city and trying to make friends and find a job and buy a house and that sort of thing. And it sucks. It sucks that we are robbed of this year. And unfortunately, um, if you want to, you know, get things in your life done by a certain age or whatever, you, you might have to sort of change your schedule. And that's something I'm still working on accepting. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the process of that, just trying to accept like, you know, how do I move my life schedule around? Is it okay if it's, you know, maybe if it's not kids by 30, is it kids by 31, by 32? Is that fine? Um, or do we, you know, move the kids thing up and do the trips later, whatever it is. And I'm sure you have your own version of that as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping the whole experience is is more fun and not so stressful. And whatever we get to do before baby is awesome, but we're also going to get to do so much fun stuff with the baby afterwards. And one last little thing on just the readiness factor. I always told myself I would be ready for kids when I would be just as happy with a baby boy as I would be with a baby girl. Because <laughs> growing up, you know, as, as a woman, I always just related more to baby girls. You know, I liked the idea of putting them in cute dresses. Um, I figured because, you know, I was a little girl once, I could relate to them more. I would know how to talk to them, how to play with them, how to, I don't know, entertain them, what classes to put them in, which is also just, you know, so silly because who's to say, you know, I want to have a little boy who wants to wear dresses and play with dolls and go to dance class um, or a little girl who wants to play with trucks and go to soccer and whatever, I don't know, wrestle with her dad. Like <laughs> I probably won't do it. Um, but just, you know, silly, silly uh, gender stereotypes that I had in my head growing up, always thinking like, oh, I would much rather have a little girl than a little boy. And I'm kind of, I'm almost at the point where I would be happy with either. <laughs> I think I'm still slightly team girl, but I'm definitely getting better. And I've, I've found a few YouTube moms who had little boys and they're making it look pretty fun. And I'm not feeling as um, intimidated with the thought of having to raise a boy. So that was one of my sort of readiness signs. And the other one was that I would not be scared of the birth and not to say that um you know labor and delivery is going to be super fun and i'm like really excited for it but i told myself like hey you'll be ready for kids when 
your you know your first thought is not like oh my god but i have to deliver them ah uh, so that one is another one i'm really working on trying to really inform myself look at all the different options read and listen and watch uh births and birth stories nothing graphic just you know hearing from other people's perspectives just getting more comfortable learning the information and i think i'm getting to a point where you know i I still am scared of the idea of, you know, birthing a child. Um, but I'm starting to get to a point now where like, okay, even if it is really painful uh, and traumatic, it's worth it because, you know, it's whatever max, what, three days of, of horribleness for a lifetime of, of not horribleness. So that's kind of where I'm at. And those were two little like readiness signals I had told myself a long time ago. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost ready to say I'm ready. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much. If you uh, listened through to this whole episode, I know this isn't one of my typical podcast episodes, but hopefully uh, if you're still listening, you related to this and you, I don't know, maybe you're nodding along. Maybe you're also sort of feeling this baby fever creeping into your life and you've, maybe you're watching the, the YouTube videos too, or reading the blogs or just starting to think about babies a little more, uh, which is so cool. I'm excited for you and this very weird stage of life that we are in. And I will see you next week for a more traditional wedding planning episode, except for not traditional because this is the unconventional wedding planning podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a rating and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.